Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I've decided that the Aaron Rodgers quote... Mike Florio. I mean, don't waste your time reading uh, reading crap like that. I want that when I die yeah. on my tombstone, a weatherproofed LED, flat screen, solar powered with that clip right. over and over again okay. in perpetuity. Like Mike Florio. No! Don't waste your time reading, uh, <laughs> no. reading crap like no. that. No! No! I've been visited by the ghost Boom. of Christmas future. No! <laughs> Let me see I that feel again. like I'm Can talking. I see that again? No, I don't want to see it again. I'm going to be haunted. Oh, no, man. that Damn. was horrifying. Dream, I got to talk for two hours now. Dream come true for some people. Dream come true for I, some people. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm dealing with the ghost of Christmas future here. You got everything but the hood and the 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 the, the big walking stick of the Grim Reaper today. Look at that. No, get that off there. I love it. Get that off there. Uh, where the, are you? Where am I? I am at NBC Sports. Of course, as you know, um, the Olympics is coming here to NBC very s- shortly. So they've taken over all studios here in the building. So now I'm like in the newsroom here in the corner. You'll see I'm going to get brighter as the sun comes up here as the day goes on. But I got people around me and I feel bad because I'm going to ruin all their mornings. Like they were looking to a quiet morning, looking at the computer around me. And now they got to hear my loud mouth uh, for the next two hours. No, but they get to they get to enjoy the program without dialing up Peacock, although they they still should dial up Peacock, as should everyone They will. Else it's out up there. here. I can see myself. Watching the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're already watching the show. Thank you. And good morning. We're also on Sirius XM 85 and later in the day on Sky Sports NFL. Hello to our good friends in the UK and in Ireland. I haven't said it in a while. I'm sorry. It's a busy time. It's a busy time. There's eight head coaching vacancies. There's eight teams left. Plenty of off-season questions, and we've got plenty to get to here today. As we are just three days away from the first two divisional round games and four days away from the next two. It's a great weekend of football, but a lot of uncertainty in the NFL. The best. Let's begin in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Let's begin. Something we have been discussing in the aftermath of that game on Sunday night that didn't quite go the way that I thought it would. I thought the Steelers would be preparing to play the Titans this week. I was wrong. I admit it. I'll take it. I'll own it. Here's Mike Tomlin from yesterday meeting with the media and talking about his team's plans at quarterback now that Ben Roethlisberger is, by all appearances, moving on. Is the organization operating under the assumption that Ben will not be, <clears throat> excuse me, playing next year? And do you think Mason and or Dwayne Haskins is ready to be an everyday starting quarterback in this league? You know, we are proceeding with that assumption. Um, both guys, Mason and Dwayne, have had their moments, but they'll they'll have to prove that. Right now, you know, all options are on the table, uh, but those decisions are interrelated based on our global needs and the totality of those global needs. And, you know, I enjoy working with Kevin this time of year because we we just, you know, 
we speak plain English. You know, we have to improve our football team. There's two major ways that you, you do it. You do it through free agency and you do it through the draft. Yes, they do. Oh, there was a little bit of a tell there. I wouldn't have expected that. I enjoy working with Kevin this time of year. I mean, really, I enjoy I enjoy working with Kevin this time of year. Although Kevin Colbert's this great. Is, one he, of the best GMs in football. Under, no doubt. Understated, doesn't self-promote himself, as we would say, uh, and, and very well could be pulling the train into the station in Pittsburgh. There was reporting not that long ago that right. he will retire after the draft or at least leave the team. You know, plenty of people retire from the Steelers and resurface somewhere else. Bruce Arians retired 10 years ago and became coach of the year as the offensive coordinator and interim coach of the Colts that next season. So beware retirement from Pittsburgh. It could just be a fancy way of pack up your stuff and get out of here. Regardless, though, regardless, the big takeaway for me, he was asked, have Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins shown they can be everyday starters and the answer to that question was not yes. And we've seen enough for Mason Rudolph to know. We talked about this the other day. Yeah, right. It can't be Mason Rudolph. It cannot be Mason Rudolph. Maybe it could be Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. He was never able to supplant Rudolph as the backup this year. It can't be Mason Rudolph. Please tell me you've got a better plan than that. It reminds me of, remember in A Few Good Men when, when Jack Nicholson says to Tom Cruise, please tell me, you know, these... These Marines are on trial for their lives. Please tell me you have a, their lawyer has a better plan than a, a phone what, what, a phone bill or whatever the line was. But you got to have a better plan than Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is the phone bill on which Tom Cruise was resting the fate of two Marines. I, I don't disagree with you there. I, I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, you, you, you know, I think our thoughts are very similar as far as when it comes down to Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I, again, solid backup quarterback you know when your quarterback gets banged up you might need him to start for a game or come in at a game and run the offense sure but is he the guy you want running your offense consistently in a 17 game season I, I don't see that I don't you know again I don't see through the time we've seen Mason Rudolph when Big Ben has gotten hurt I don't see any special attributes about his game really he's got some size certainly it's a below average NFL arm when you talk about the power, the strength, the accuracy. Everything that goes along with throwing the football, in my opinion, is a little bit below average. So that's where I can't imagine Pittsburgh getting behind that. And I look at Pittsburgh in so many ways, too. And even though it wasn't easy this year, there's still some you know, pieces on that roster right now that speak and say, we can still win now. Like, we're, we're not that far off. We've talked about this a little bit. And to me, that's where I envision somebody else, a.k.a. someone else other than Mason Rudolph, being there in Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to try to make a play. In my heart of hearts, few people I talk to around the league, you know, I think there is that thought that Pittsburgh might make a play for a major quarterback this year. I know I told you that yesterday. I certainly don't think it's going to be Mason Rudolph. Dwayne Haskins has some potential, Mike. We saw some of that last uh, last summer where we went wow a few times. But I think he's still raw, and I don't imagine them wanting to hand the keys to the Ferrari over to him either. So uh, I think at the end of the day, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback there, somebody outside the organization. First of all, it's not quite a Ferrari. At this point. No, it's not. Not no, quite a Ferrari. No, no, you're right. Like a top. Maybe a Mazda. Yeah. Maybe right, a Mazda. Fine, sure. Yeah. Not a Ferrari. Yeah. Got a ways to go to juice up the engine. But you're touching on the thing that we talked about earlier this week that Chris Collinsworth was hinting at on Sunday night, somewhat right. knowingly. Right. Cue the Aaron Rodgers, Mike Tomlin, mutual googly eyes gif where, and I, I actually used that as the call to action on Twitter to dial up Peacock and Sirius XM 85 today, that, that's, that's the guy that I got the impression Collinsworth was talking about on Sunday night. And really, would that not be something if that's what the Steelers do? It doesn't fit with their history. It doesn't fit with their entire concept of team building. But, man, hey, they had a long, lean 20 years between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger. And yes, they got to a Super Bowl somehow in 1995. And they were contenders for most of that stretch somehow without a high-end quarterback. They know what it's like to not have a high-end quarterback. And the game has changed. It used to be you didn't have a shot at getting an Aaron Rodgers or any other established successful quarterback. 
The quarterback carousel didn't spin the way it does now. You were stuck with who you drafted. And if a guy was available in free agency, it was because he wasn't any good. So, or, or because somebody was willing to pay a ridiculously obscene sum like the Jets did for Neil O'Donnell when he became available after the 95 season, after he threw two interceptions uh, in the Super Bowl to Larry Brown. Wide right. open Larry right. Brown. Thought, right. he was, thought he'd already signed with the Cowboys. So th- it's a different world, and it would be encouraging for Steelers fans if the Steelers pivot to the opportunities that are out there, and maybe it is Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, yes. I, I doubt it. It'll be that name. You know, th- that's not the name that went through my head when I heard Chris Collins were talking about that. Well, not, oh, I, th- I thought we were on the same page no, it was Aaron Rodgers. I, I, Who no, are you thinking? No, I was I was really thinking maybe Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, just because I'm more in the, I'm in the camp, and I thought you were in this camp too. Of like, I just think Rodgers is is going to be in Green Bay. I think he realizes. I think he does need to stay. Yeah, I think he needs to stay. I, I, I think it's it, there's too many things in place right now for me to think he's going to leave that situation and go somewhere else. Especially when it looks like he's on the cusp of the second MVP. He's made a few comments about you know he bridged the gap between Gutenkus and there's been more conversation. Mark Murphy. It seems like things have settled down, and like we've always said, he seems to really like his teammates and coaches. And I think at the end of the day that's where he'll be now Russell Wilson Wilson Deshaun Watson I I could see that happening I can again you know I know a lot of people think like Russell Wilson because he's married to Ciara is going to be looking for some you know big city you know whether it be Miami or New York or something of that nature Uh, you know Pittsburgh might not fit that mold but I still think Pittsburgh might be the type of organization that catches a guy like Russell Wilson's eye if he does make this power play to get out of Seattle you know again it's a fan it's a fan base that's all over the country other than the Cowboys the Pittsburgh Steelers being good at a 425 game or Sunday night football, it's big time ratings because of their national following. So I could see that happening. And I could also see a guy like Mike Tomlin weathering some of the bad press to trade for Deshaun Watson and dealing with that situation and putting it all together and make it work. So those are certainly two names that I think about when I think of guys that they could make a play for. First of all, it's not a Tomlin call. That's one thing that's that right. that's we really right. don't focus on right. much with the Steelers. Yep. Art Rooney II is in charge of that team. He's got the ladle deep in the stew, just like John Mara does. But because it works in Pittsburgh for the most part, he doesn't get called out for it. This is a Rooney call, and they went through some dark times with Ben Roethlisberger in 2010. Those have all been forgotten. It's all water under the bridge, but it was as bad as it's ever been between quarterback and city in 2010. And you're stepping into this Deshaun Watson mess with 22 active civil lawsuits with a criminal prosecution that is yet to be resolved. And, you know, the problem is once we finish the coaching carousel and it's still spinning high speed with none of the eight vacancies filled, and for all we know – another vacancy or two still to come once that's done then the quarterback carousel starts to spin and we've seen trades done in late january before not officially done but done unofficially you got to start figuring out what you're going to do you got to start coming up with your plan you got to start tracking down a quarterback if there's a trade to be had and and on rogers what happens too yeah well well but, but on, I'm saying on Rodgers, yeah, don't sure, leave the sure. NFC North. No, Don't that's leave right the too. NFC North. Yes. Don't go to the AFC North. Don't go to the AFC West. Maybe, Miles Simmons and I were talking about this yesterday, maybe the Colts, maybe, maybe, if they move on from Carson Wentz. I hadn't thought of that. It was a good idea by Miles because the AFC South, not like the North or the West. But you're set in the NFC North. They're getting two new head coaches, and they got Dan Campbell in year two. Yeah. And there's no franchise quarterback. There are no true franchise quarterback there to worry about, at least not yet. No, no, you're right. He's as warm and cozy and in a dominant position up there in Green Bay right now. And again, I think they got a lot of young players still on their football team to where you go, it's not like, oh, whoa, down there in the distance, Green Bay's going to fall apart here in the next year or two. That's the good thing. There's an infusion of, you know, middle-aged to younger players to where you can look at Green Bay and go, I think they're going to be here for a little while, let alone the point you make, which I think is very real and always on a quarterback's mind when they're thinking about making a change or contract situations come up. They look about, hey, look, they look at what's our division? You know, how easy is it to get through? Then I get in the playoffs and everybody thinks better of me because we're in the playoffs and I'm a playoff quarterback. That's certainly got to be a part of the equation. But the other part of this too, Mike, that I think just jumps out to me is like, 
The Steelers, hey, maybe they just kind of sit back and see how this goes. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, for all we know. Quarterbacks like that, maybe the unforeseen ones that we don't see on the radar right now that might be released or traded or let go because of some of the action or movement because of the draft. Maybe there's somebody out there that I'm not thinking of, you know, along the lines of like a Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I'm saying, where, yeah, there's obviously a guy in the in the wings there waiting to take over. Uh, you know, you hear rumors of like, oh, Derek Carr, they might try to make a play for Russell Wilson to the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, I haven't heard anything substantial to believe that or know anybody that knows anything like that. But like, if something like that did happen, then there's Derek Carr on the street. Or maybe you can make a trade for him for less than market value because they do want to get some superstar quarterback. So maybe they just got to wait back and see which way the wind blows in this conversation too. Somebody might fall on their lap. We've seen that happen a lot here the last few years in the NFL. And they're in a position of strength. They are a desirable landing spot. They are. This isn't something where they have to sell themselves. I mean, we were trying to figure out the best spots for Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson a couple of weeks ago. And other than Denver, which still is far from ideal when you consider the Chiefs, the Chargers, maybe whatever happens with the Raiders, depending upon what they do at coach and quarterback. But that's a tough spot to feel like you have the – stack decked in your favor right uh, (laughs) you almost uh, said the other one (laughs) no i did i deliberately said said, the wrong one i deliberately said i had to stop see the problem is now now that i am way yeah right now it's 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 a phrase that i now have to think the deck is stacked against me not the stack (laughs) is decked against me but uh the steelers are in a spot where i think they can with mike tom and one of the best coaches in football with a great defense, with Najee Harris, with a great group of receivers. Now, it would be nice if they would shore up the offensive line a little bit, but they're in a position where they can just say, we're going to wait for this to come to us. We'll know. We'll know. And and I think that's the right way to do it. We trust the fact that we are going to be desirable. We trust the fact that the options will emerge and we will know the right way to go. It will manifest itself in due course where we should go because we are the ones that these quarterbacks should want to come to we don't have to go sell ourselves to these quarterbacks i i agree with that you know exactly i mean it's pittsburgh it's the terrible towel it's one of the greatest organizations in football history period that's that's the way it is and they have a national following quarterbacks they know that players you know that really pay attention to the nfl and are real fans of the nfl they know how special that steelers organization is and the history there also i think mike to your point you know i think you said a very good thing they're not i don't think they're the type of team to panic in this type of situation anyways they might just sit back and wait i mean again this is a team that's been in the playoffs the last two years with less than quarterback play Almost got in the playoffs with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph when, Mason, when the, the year Ben Roethlisberger hurt his elbow. So there is confidence within that organization, and specifically to like what you're talking about because of Mike Tomlin, that they can get it done with their defense and find ways to win without a superstar quarterback. I do think that. And I think because of that, they won't panic or you know pay too many resources to get some superstar quarterback in there that ruins their football team. I think that's a very real point. And... Yeah, there's some things that need to be fixed, but if you're a quarterback and you think of the Steelers, man, you know, those two receivers, you got a young running back, you know, the offensive line, yes, it needs to get better, but at least they flipped it over to get a little younger there, so I think it will get better as we go into the future. You got a TJY, you got a Minka Fitzpatrick, you got a Devin Bush. They're the masters of of getting free agent or drafting great front seven players anyways. So they got to, yeah, they got to kind of like refill the, 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 the shelves as far as stock with really good players there. But I don't think it's that far off. And it's, it's in positions that I think they're very gifted at as far as evaluation is concerned. And despite the outpouring of love and affection and appreciation that Ben Roethlisberger witnessed a couple of weeks ago in his final game at Heinz Field, think of this. You know, usually when a great quarterback walks away, you're thinking, boy, that's a tough act to follow. I don't know that I want to be the one. There's not even that conversation. No, it just shows no, you right. how far he declined in the final stages of his career that no one is going to hesitate and say, boy, I really don't want to follow him. I, and no disrespect intended. I know it's too late for that anytime you utter that phrase. But but it just kind of dawned on me. We're not going to have that conversation like, oh, boy, it's like following Tom Brady in New England. No, it's, it's, it's not. 
It's not like following Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. No, or, it's not. Or, or, you know, any great quarterback anywhere else because he just hasn't been great. And, and so the bar is low for the Steelers as it relates to quarterback play. So maybe, you know, maybe they, they do get a mid-level guy who will still be better than what they've had. Uh, they don't have to break the bank. They don't have to right. give up three first-round right. draft picks to get him. And they have, they have somebody who will allow them to be competitive for a few years while they draft – develop and groom someone but you know hey look the bottom line is this until they had the 11th overall pick in 19 or in 2004 excuse me and got Ben Roethlisberger they had a long lean 20 years and there aren't many places where you can find a young franchise quarterback the upper reaches of the draft is the place to go and even That's then right. there's still an element of a crapshoot right to that they, they they got lucky they got lucky Philip Rivers Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, it worked out in the top 11 of the 2004 draft. That rarely occurs. So even when, if they get to that point again, there's no guarantee that they're going to get the right guy. Uh, part of it, too, is also the offensive plan. Matt Canada has been the guy for one year. Here's Mike Tomlin from yesterday on the guy who has been running the offense and presumably will continue to run it in Pittsburgh. I'm optimistic about, about Matt and, and, and what he's capable of doing. I acknowledge that, you know, we took a step back. Um, there's some obvious tangible reasons why that occurred. Um, so I'm not going to get into all of that. I'm not going to seek comfort in that. Um, we got to be better. Um, we intend to be. Um, and that's going to require a lot of planning and, and work, uh, players and coaches. Yeah, hey, look, they've had issues offensively, and Matt Canada's attraction or at least the team's attraction to him came from the fact that you know more motion and more creativity and you've said in the past that was something the Steelers needed to infuse into their offense but if your offensive line isn't very good right it is hard to really operate the way you want to I mean all things considered they weren't horrible I didn't expect them to get to the playoffs I said they would regret bringing back Ben Roethlisberger by November and maybe by November they did. They just somehow threaded the needle and got one of the seven playoff spots, which is still amazing to me in hindsight. The playoff game ultimately showed us they didn't belong there, even though some idiot thought they would win that game. But uh, they they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work to do. And it starts with the quarterback, but, but, but there are a lot more pieces they need beyond quarterback yeah no no question there are I mean again yeah the offensive line the attitude of the football team I think still still is in the process of changing you know yeah I'm sure they would like to get back to being more of a power running football team especially with that big back and Najee Harris man he can make a lot of people you know miss inside the tackle box he can you know take hits and drive the pile forward and get a lot of cheap yards that way. I mean, he's a really good football player and a real workout, workhorse. I would, want, I would think they want to go there, certainly. You know, I think the other thing, too, with Matt Canada, it's hard to really evaluate or really know what he is. You know, I took that comment right there with Mike Tomlin when he was talking about, like, hey, there was issues, or I can't exa- remember the exact phrase he said there. I'm not going to get in that, or I'm not going to seek comfort in that. You know, one, the offensive line. The first thing I came to, too, is really big Ben Roethlisberger. I'm sure he was a little bit like, wait, I don't want to learn a new offense and have all these shifts and motions and do all this stuff. I've I'm, 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 I'm been here forever. I just, just keep it the way I've been doing it. So I don't know how much influence Big Ben had also on the fact that maybe Matt Canada couldn't really run the offense he wanted to. And they had to be also ca- cautious or, or at least realistic in what can Big Ben actually do you know, at the quarterback position. And I think there's some things you probably had to take off the table as far as scheme-wise with Big Ben this last year because he was he's incapable of doing it. And like we talked about earlier this year, you had to be careful with some plays because, man, if he held the ball and he started pumping, you heard me on Sundays, I would start going, oh, no, he's pumping. Something bad's going to happen. And that would end up interception, strip sack, fumble. So I also think Big Ben handicapped them to a degree as far as what Matt Canada could bring to the table creative creatively I do think that was a real issue well on the other side of it too if you have a new quarterback who doesn't feel emboldened to do whatever the hell he wants 
Maybe you're going to operate a little more well, within the confines exactly of the right. offense. Exactly. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you know, you, you watched the game the other night, and you're seeing Big Ben here, and, of course, this is one of his greatest moments of the year, bringing them back against the Ravens. But as we talked about a lot, there's so many dink and dunk plays. He looks like he changes so much at the line of scrimmage that I always wonder and go, I mean, did he really have to change that, or did he just change that because that's the play he wanted to run? I'm watching the second half of the game the other night. I don't. I didn't look like he got one call from the, the coach on the sideline. He was calling every play, telling receivers what to do one at a time. It looked like he was running the show. So that's where it's real, like hard to get a feel for what Canada was doing. And, yeah, the offense took a step back because I think they had to kind of placate to you know their aging quarterback who was a little limited for sure. And what are they going to do? They're going to bench him for Mason Rudolph right, again. Right, it gets back exactly. to Mason Rudolph. Right. What is your alternative? <laughs> right. And I found the quote. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah. Phone calls and footlockers, please tell me you have something more, Lieutenant. These two men are on trial <laughs> for their lives. Please tell me that their uh, lawyer hasn't pinned their hopes to Mason Rudolph. All right. Uh, the when you Texans said you found have, the quote, I thought it was another quote from Tomlin. I was like, no, oh, whoa, there's no, more? No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. That was a far more important quote. Um. Nick Casario had some quotes yesterday. Now, when he met with reporters last week while explaining the very careful and deliberate decision that was made to move on from David Culley, it took him four days to carefully discuss and evaluate the first season of David Culley before they decided they have serious philosophical differences and had to move on, of course. Um, didn't say much last week about Deshaun Watson. He was on Sports Radio 610, the flagship station of the Houston Texans, on Tuesday. Here is Casario when the question came up about the possibility of Watson staying, given the possibility that Brian Flores is going to be the head coach, there's been some talk about that. Yeah, hey, right. Flores, Watson, maybe if Flores is the coach, yeah. maybe Watson stays. Here's Casario on that possibility. I think, you know, there's been some commentary and, you know, that, that more than likely would not be the case. But I think, to your point, again, like you mentioned, I think we just have to be open-minded and just take the information and process it and ultimately make the decision you know, that we feel makes the most, makes the most sense for, for everybody involved, whatever that looks like. It's funny. He does not want to say anything that paints him into a corner. There's been some commentary that that would most likely not be the case. What's Eddie? Like, he's either coming back or he's not coming back. You're either right. keeping him or you're not. And, and they're in a mess this year. If they don't work this out, number one, Deshaun Watson has the ability to veto any trade with right. his no trade clause. Not that you'd want to trade for a franchise quarterback who doesn't want to be with your team in the first place, but this is clear, bright line. All he has to say is no, and that deal doesn't happen. And secondly, if the Texans don't trade him, he's got a $35 million fully guaranteed salary for 2022. They've already paid him $10 million to not play football for an entire season. Now they're looking at $35 million if they can't figure out a trade. And I know that Nick Casario is very insistent on doing things his way, wants to get his deal, waiting for the right deal, the right offer at the right time. There's a chance that he's already blown his window. There's a chance That's his window's not getting about. any better this right? year. Right. There's a chance that he's going to have to ultimately eat it on Deshaun Watson and take a lot less than what he could have gotten during the 2021 season because once the quarterback carousel starts to spin once the potential destinations for Deshaun Watson get filled with other quarterbacks yeah, right and you're down to like one team that he would accept to trade to you got a problem in Houston yeah no you're, you're right Houston we got a problem no doubt about it we talked about this a lot in the regular early in the regular season before the trade deadline you know again yes you know they're hoping everything works out to where they can maximize this trade value but we discussed a lot how, hey, if things aren't, you know, going smoothly, the civil lawsuit and all the court stuff's not going the right way, you could end up getting screwed over worse than you might have thought you were going to get screwed over last season before the trade deadline. I think that's certainly a huge risk with, with this situation. And I think a lot of it depends on what goes on, goes on in, the, in the legal process off the field. And, you know, I think at some point here, you know, again, I think it's unlikely that Watson's back. I mean, would I give it a smidgen of a chance if Brian Flores ended up being the head coach? Maybe. But I think, again, I, if you're Deshaun Watson, how do you like anybody else in the organization at this point? I, I can't imagine well, him, you know, Chris, like, yes, Chris, yeah. 
we, we never talk about it from the perspective of the Texans. Right. Cal McNair and Jack Easterby. Right. Do they want this guy around I after all it. of these accusations? Sure. And, and even 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 if the allegations aren't true, the stuff he's admitted to. Yes. I could see Easterby based on his history, and right. I'm not making judgments here. I'm just saying that's who Easterby's he is. probably the kind of guy that's not going to want Deshaun Watson right. around. He leads sermons and things like that. Right. I just wouldn't think that's his type of guy. A hundred percent. I don't think we're not judging at all. I agree with you. I don't think it's Nick Casario's type of guy. Being around him and the man he is, I, I would think that rubs him the wrong way as well. I would. So I hear you. I, you're right. Houston probably doesn't really want to deal with him or have him there anymore. You know, I think they've had enough of the situation. We know Watson wants out, but they better, like, like to your point, hurry up and get some of these situa- situation resolved because once you get into, like you talked about, early March, late February, things start to become a little bit more clear about who's going to be available, what quarterbacks we might be able to get. If they wait too long, you're right. They might be left out in the dark or limited suitors, and that doesn't drive up the value, and that's certainly risky there from that standpoint. And, and it may be too late by late February. We've seen these deals get done. Matthew Stafford last year for yeah, Jared that's Goff. Right. January 30. Yeah. Alex Smith. Remember, we had that long interview of Alex Smith the Tuesday of Super Bowl week yeah, in Minnesota. Right, right. And that night he got traded that from the Chiefs to Washington. Guy, I think he knew that, it, too. That he knew exactly SLB. what was going on. <laughs> we had 25 minutes with Alex Smith, and we had to trim it down to like 30 seconds because everything was was hinging on his future, you, and it was all uncertain. Yeah, and, right, right. Um, He's so, grinning so these going, things these idiots aren't going to use any of this. <laughs> the, these, thing, these things happen. These things, it's time. As soon as we know where the coaches are going to be, that's when it pivots to where the quarterbacks are going to be. And with Watson, the last I checked, and I probably need to go back and check again, there was a belief that by the end of January, the criminal process would resolve, at least from a grand jury perspective, they were bracing for the possibility of misdemeanor charges, which, you know, from Watson's perspective, could be handled a little more discreetly and easily than a felony charge but then you still have the 22 civil lawsuits that have gone nowhere there was reporting last week from i think the daily beast that one of the people who said no and we reported back in december i think it was that 18 of the 22 women were ready to settle four said no the daily beast said that one of the women who said no was offered a hundred thousand dollars and decline so you know it's the greater the urgency for deshaun watson to put this behind him the lawyer Tony Busby understands he's got leverage. He's going to want more money. It's not about it's. And I'm sorry, folks. This is the way it works. It's not about the harm yeah. the client suffered. Right. It's about the harm you can do to Deshaun Watson's bank account to get him to make this go away. Yeah. Because as long as it hovers over him, it makes it harder <laughs> for him to get to a new team. A hundred percent. You're right. He's got. He, he knows. And his uh, Tony Busby's job is to get the most for his clients to make them feel better about the situation where they feel like they were you know, done wrong and, and of course, you know, treated the wrong way. But that, that to me is, a, is the, the silver bullet or the big thing right there is just the civil lawsuits. I have a hard time thinking they can maximize their trade value if some of these things maybe, you know, are unsettled to where now, oh, wait, like, again, if I'm an owner of a football team, and yes, I want Deshaun Watson, and I want him to come and be the quarterback for my team in the face of my franchise. I don't know if I want to trade all these things away to have him then to have it on our plate of, oh, wait, great, now you get to come to our town and you take over the conversation because you're controversial already at this point, but yet we're still going to be dragged through the mud because there's still ongoing civil lawsuit and conversation there to where you're really going to have to take it on the chin of your organization and some of this stuff is still going on while you've made that trade. And I think that's why we heard last year, like with Stephen Ross, he didn't want to get Deshaun Watson unless the civil lawsuits were done. And that's, that's why, because they don't want to go, wait, we got you and it's controversial enough. And now we're in the news every day because there's more news about the civil lawsuits and we're still dealing with that and people can just keep slamming us more and more for trading a guy that doesn't look so good in the public eye and that that to me is the real risk the texans are taking here and and what that does is see it's so complicated because a team like the panthers david tepper didn't care about the civil lawsuits that was why right before the trade deadline 
it was down to the Panthers and the Dolphins. Stephen Ross insisted on the 22 civil lawsuits right. being settled. Right. David Tepper didn't care. And Deshaun Watson ultimately said, I still want to go to Miami. Basically, let's try to get these cases settled. And they got 18 of the 22 ready, and the other four didn't, and it fell apart because Stephen Ross wanted those cases settled. Well, it may be that Deshaun Watson's got to adjust his expectations to a team in a market where, you know, in, and, and I'm not saying in Charlotte they'll just ignore it, but the smaller the market, yes, the easier it's going to be to not have to constantly deal with it and constantly deal with it and constantly deal Agreed. with it. And also... And also, the more starved that the franchise and its fan base is for a great quarterback, the easier that you get people on board with, hey, you know, Deshaun Watson denies the allegations, he's going to handle the civil allegations, and we're just going to go forward. You get buy-in more likely, you know, where the fan base is willing to kind of look the other way and yeah. Not get caught up in the negative sure. press. Right. I, I agreed. Agreed. I, I, I think that's de definitely a real aspect. But, the, you know, the, the thing there is just I think what you started off with where, is Deshaun Watson. How limited are the options of where he looks at to where he'll actually go? And we heard that a lot last year. It seemed like there wasn't many places that really were on his radar that he, like, significantly wanted to be a part of that organization. We know, I know from people all over the league that he definitely wanted to go to Miami. There was definitely people in Miami that wanted him. That was the spot for sure. I think we heard some rumblings from at least people I trust that maybe Philadelphia was on his radar a little bit early on last year too to one he might have considered. Yes. But I, I never yes. got the sense that Carolina or any of the other teams we heard were a real player in the situation. And that's where, yeah, personally for him, he's got to kind of figure out too, you know, what, what is it all worth and weigh the scales here as far as publicity, maybe not being at the place I want, but I'm going to get to play. All of those things uh, got to come into play. And I don't know where his mind's at in that situation. And every once in a while, the past week or so, there's been a flash of an idea that he would land with the Giants. Folks, let's just think about that. I one don't for think a so. Come on. Let's no. just think. Of, let's just right. think about. Right. Let's just. We don't have to articulate anything. Anyway. Yeah. Let's think about what some of the back pages would look like on the tabloids. Let's let's just just let your mind wander about what some of the headlines on the back pages of the Post and the Daily News would be. Yeah. If Deshaun Watson was traded to the New York Giants, and. And the coverage of him and the debate regarding his behavior became withering. Yes. Remember how he was walking off the practice field at one point last year and he right. kind of blew a gasket and dropped an S-bomb. Stop filming just me. Because they were, I'm not Just practicing. because they were filming him. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah. Wait, wait until you come to New York. Yeah, Wait exactly. until they deal with that right. circus. Now, to the extent John Mara is looking for cover, maybe that's... Maybe that's the right way to go, <laughs> but but that, that, no, that that would be the worst place for him to go. I agreed, and I don't think the Maras at this point could deal with that either. As much as it might excite like the football fan from the standpoint of what he can do on the field, I still think you got way too many old school traditional Giants fans who are just not going to get behind you know Deshaun Watson because of the allegations and the things he's dealing with guilty or not there's just going to be some people that are just that's not going to be cool up here in this area I, I just don't see that either I don't see the Maras doing that as well at the quarterback position for that organization you know that's usually you know they 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 want a boy scout there in, in that that position and you add in the fact that you know they kind of mishandled who was it you know the punter was Josh of, Brown exactly a kicker right and the that, kicker. it was the kicker so that it was, was the kicker and it was a, a disaster story. right exactly so to your point imagine Deshaun Watson up here in the Daily News and the New York Post every day with these unbelievably creative headlines and all that you're exactly right it would become a national story once again it would take over the league and it would you know I think negatively shine a light on the Giants and the Mara family I don't think it would be one where you could hide for cover I think it would just open Pandora's box to be like let's take more shots at John Mara and the issues there. So I don't see that happening. I'm with you there all the way. Box full of Pandora. Bye. She's in there. The you don't want to open that thing. She'd come out <laughs> and she's looking to whoop some butt. <laughs> hey, at, at least we've learned over the past few years the proper gender of Pandora. 
Because I think at one point you said he's in there. Yeah, I think right. you did say that at right, one point. I think you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, look, th- th- this isn't going away. And whether it's what the Steelers are going to do, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, what's going to happen with Russell Wilson, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. This is great for business. I'm not complaining about it. This is real. And well, this isn't contrived. This isn't clickbait. These are real questions that the offseason at the quarterback position. You know, Chris, for years we had seen it at every other position except quarterback. Right, right. But because there's a willingness now from teams to say we can do better and quarterbacks to say we can do better. Yeah. We've got this separate industry of quarterback carousel that as of a couple of years ago wasn't there. It started with Tom Brady. And it's now a permanent fixture of the offseason discussion, the veteran quarterbacks who are going to be on the move or who could be on the move. Even if they don't go on the move, the question of whether they'll go on the move becomes something that that just churns that cycle and feeds the beast and keeps the NFL conversation going. No no doubt. It's a new world in the NFL. I mean, again, it's it's. The quarterbacks have become less afraid to go to a new place, maybe take the lumps from you know the bad press or the old team or whatever. It's just it's a new age in professional sports. It really is, and you're right. I think teams have you know come to the conclusion it's okay to cut the cord on a quarterback who might not be playing well or aging or whatever a year or two too early to move on to the next one. Uh, so it is. It's a different part of our sport right now, and we should see some movement again this offseason with the quarterbacks. That'll make things a lot of fun and get you lots of clicks and just fill your pockets with more cash and cash and cash. That's all we're worried about is Mike Florio's cash. Know, I, <laughs> I didn't realize that you were doing this job for free. I didn't think you made nearly enough money during your playing career to be doing this job for free. It's good to know that you're not getting paid. That's very good to know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm getting paid. I need to be paid more. I mean, I'm working with you. I think they it should be like a tax that goes. <laughs> you work with Florio, you get a fifty percent like raise, fifty percent Florio tax. <laughs> but you've already seen today one of the fringe benefits that you'll eventually have: the ability to hover over my grave while the infinite loop <laughs> yes. of Aaron Rodgers plays. Yes, and you take a selfie right. with your selfie stick. That's right at my at my grave. <laughs> I um, like it. Okay, the quarterback carousel will spin eventually. The coaching carousel continues to spin and the heads are spinning this week of assistant coaches who are getting ready for playoff games and interviewing we'll discuss that next on pft live around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. hope these owners can slow down, take their time, take a page out of Dan Rooney's book mm-hmm. and just, you know, go through the process slowly, get the right candidate, feel like it's going to be a 15-year decision. I've actually talked to two of my buddies who are still coaching in the playoffs, and they're asking me, I don't know what to do. They're asking me to interview this weekend or Monday, and we're going to be playing, and I'm going to be preparing. I don't know if I can do that. And I, I told both of them, tell the teams, hey, don't 
talk to me until we're out of this. I've got too much going on. I owe my team, I owe my players that focus. And I, I, I can't do this. this. This whole system, to me, mm. is messed up. We've got to let these guys do their job, slow it down, and still feel like they've got a chance to get these jobs after they get knocked out of the playoffs. Yep, Tony Dungy, absolutely right. And this is something Peter King talked about last week. And I know last year I spoke to somebody within the coaching industry about this reality that you're getting ready for a playoff game. Makes no sense. You're, you're busy. You're very focused, supposedly. Meanwhile, you're interviewing for head coaching jobs, and you've got to have your staff lined up, so you're spending free time making phone calls and sending text messages to people who may be joining you because when you interview, you need to be able to write a check that you can honor when you say, this is who I think I can get for my staff. And the point that was made to me last year, and, and we can't say this enough because it really crystallizes the conflict it creates for the assistant coach, the coordinator who's getting ready to try to win a playoff game. When he goes home, if he's married, when he goes home that night, his wife is not going to say when he walks through the door, how's the game planning coming for the playoff game this weekend? And yeah. she's going to say, as she should. Uh, uh, how's that job you, that you might get $6 million heard, a year for? <laughs> have you heard anything yeah. about right. that job? Right. You know, the one that will change our lives exactly. forever. Have you heard exactly. anything about that job? So it creates a, a, a huge conflict of interest that is understandable for the coach, but there needs to be a better way. And I, I don't know what the answer is, Chris, because I know – Peter thinks there should be a moratorium on any interviews, any hiring, any effort to fill these jobs until after the Super Bowl. With the Super Bowl in the middle of February, I don't know that that works. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, well, just push back the Senior Bowl, push back the Scouting Combine, push back the draft, push back free That's not practical either. They love their offseason tent poles. They love where they are. They don't want to start moving things around just to accommodate the hiring process. So I, I don't know what the answer is. But – what we're doing now creates too much stress and too much inherent natural conflict for the candidates for these other jobs. And it makes it yeah. harder for the coachings or for the teams looking for coaches to really do it the right way. I, I don't know what the answer is either. I do know that it's just unfair and wrong right now, and on a lot of levels, in my opinion. You know, of course it's unfair to the coaches that are in the playoffs. Of course it is. It's just, it's just not right. I mean, again, you know, you talked about it a little bit. The intensity in the playoffs, it's a real thing. The, 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 it changes within a building. I, I know people think, whoa, football's intense all the time. I'm just telling you, the few times I was in a building during the playoffs, you, you can feel the tension. You can cut it with a knife. You know, no one wants to go home. You know, no one wants their season to end. Legacies are determined by your playoff wins and what you do there. You know, you got a chance to win a Super Bowl ring and have a life-changing moment, okay? Everybody in the NFL, other than the top two or three highest-paid players, are going to get big checks for each round they keep winning in the playoffs. There's real cash incentive for these players and coaches to keep playing, keep winning, let alone their competitors, and they want to play. The second, the second thing is, okay, uh, the other thing I don't like about it is I think it's unfair to the whole product of the NFL. I mean, again, here we are. I mean, I, I want to see the Tampa Bay Bucks at their best on Saturday afternoon on NBC. When, when, or Sunday afternoon on NBC when they're getting to play the Los Angeles Rams. Well, you're, I don't know. Are they going to be at their best? They're, you're taking two of their best coaches out of the building and, of course, taking time away from what they normally have to do to get ready for a game because they're going to prepare for that life-changing interview that you just talked about that has life-changing money and everything. So that's where, even from the NFL standpoint, I want to go, man, NFL, it's the biggest games of the year and we're taking away some of the biggest pieces from these teams that might make the game better or more interesting, a little more creative. Who knows? So there's a lot of issues there. But it's unfair to these candidates as compared to the guys who are sitting at home not doing anything right now. I think it is. And I don't know what it is either. I don't know. Maybe if they can, uh, maybe they start the process, you know, after the championship games. Maybe that's when you can start it because there is a little wiggle room there and some free time to be had because there's two weeks before the Super Bowl. But this right now is not good for any of the coaches that are still involved. And it's just not a good process. And the people who are deserving kind of get screwed over more than the people who are not deserving, in my my opinion 
And, you know, after the championship games, you're down to two teams that are still active. And you're right. You've got a week. You could do the interviews then. Yes. And I'm not mad can, at Bowles and, or Leftwich are doing the interviews then, right? I mean, right. You, you, we got we got more time to figure this thing out. Right. I, I think that makes sense. And, and look, you can do the rest of the process. You can interview others. You just can't talk to the to the folks who lose in the conference championship round until after that week. Or you can't, you know, I mean, basically, basically what you're waiting for is four teams at that point. Right. Because right. after the divisional round, you're down to four teams. So, you know, you can, you just can't talk to any of these guys who are still alive. That Why, why not? Why not that? Why not that? I'm not because I, th I don't think it works to say, let's not let any interviews happen. Let's not let any work be done. No, let's no. not let any jobs be filled. You just can't talk to guys who are still coaching. Why right. not that? Uh, right? As of right now, you can talk to everybody in the league except coaches from the eight teams that are left. I think After that Sunday, should be. Yeah. There's only four teams left. Right. And you just can't talk to them. Yeah. And they can't talk to you. They can't be interviewed. they got to focus on their jobs. I think that's the only thing that works because the idea of putting everything on ice – until after the Super Bowl is not practical. No, that's it's not. It's just not practical. That's too much. You're right. I agree. And, and it, if you really want to wait for Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles, Raheem Morris, you just wait. Wait. You just wait. You, right. do, you can do your research on the guy. You just can't talk to him. You can't interview him until he's done. I I, I, I would like to see that. I mean, again, it's – I think yes. Let everybody interview. I like that idea. You know, get the process going, but – so now you have a good feel for everybody else. And now, okay, the last piece of the process is we got to, these two or three coaches we were looking at that their teams are still playing in the playoffs. All right, after the championship game, we'll get to talk to them and be thorough too because they're not going to have their mind in another place. They're going to know, oh, wait, I got a little wiggle room with time here preparing for the, the Super Bowl or, you know, of course, the teams that lose. Either way, that week should be free. Go ahead, get everybody you want in that week. Go ahead and have that. Uh, I, I would I would like to see that. And ultimately, too, you know, if those are the last pieces these organizations are coming to as far as who they're interviewing and the whole process, all right. Now, you know, you got to – so you come to the determination that, let's say, Todd Bowles is, or Byron Leftwich is going to be your head coach midway, midway through the week after the championship game. You know, you can announce it then – or you can wait after the Super Bowl, but 10 days is not going to matter at that point. It's okay. 10 days to him getting into the building after the Super Bowl, taking over the organization, it, it, they, they can still catch up at that point and get the process they need to for free agency in the draft. It's not so dire that, oh no, the team that got their coach on January 27th has a real leg up on the team that got their coach February 10th. Oh, they're screwed over that team that got him on February 10th. The season's over already it's not that critical in my opinion well no i mean look the colts had to scrap their approach after yeah, josh McDaniels said no right, and they right. went back to the drawing board they got frank reich not that they had a great outcome this year but it's not like it's you can say good well the colts missed the playoffs this year You're because right. they didn't get frank reich until after super bowl 52 so uh i i think we may be stumbling on, on something just the process i agree of talking this yeah. through. i think we're on to something yeah. we are on something we are definitely on something <laughs> We also may be on to something uh, because because it, it makes no, I, you know, P Peter has been very hard and fast and firm and let's wait on everything until after the Super Bowl. That is not going to fly. That is never going to work. It's got to be a hybrid. And the only way to solve the problem is to say, if you're still coaching, you are off limits. That placates everyone at that point. And, you know, the, the coaches who are still coaching may be upset about it, but there's nothing you can do about it, so just focus on the job you're currently doing. Right. It's not like you're going to sabotage your current job. You're not going to give up your shot at a Super Bowl ring just so you can finally interview for that job because you know that they're doing their work. They're getting their ducks in a row. They're doing their research on you. They're just waiting for the opportunity to talk to you that's right. at a time when – you know, you're not otherwise occupied trying to get ready to win a football game. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, again, if you know, you got confidence in yourself as a coach and that team has any brains at all and they start to realize the good things you're doing and bringing that team to the Super Bowl or the championship game, they should wait. 
And, you know, and again, the organizations, those are great selling points. Hey, look, the guy we hired was in the championship game. He's in the Super Bowl. We didn't just, you know, panic because we had to get somebody in place in the middle of January right there. Oh, that's right. I know his team didn't make the wild card, but we got somebody in place. I don't know. It's easier to sell to your fan base success, I think, when you come and get a coach that's from a winner to a degree, too. So that's where I go to organizations and Coach Dungy's point of, you know, what, what's the hurry here? You know, do your due diligence. And, man, you know, as we get down here to the final eight and whoever makes it to the final four, there's going to be a lot of quality coaches there that you'd go, hey, wait, wait, we got we to gotta do our due diligence and wait to interview this guy before we make something happen. You know, there's a reason this team was there, is here, whatever. Uh, so hopefully there is something done about it because it's ridiculous right now. If I'm the I'm not even joking. I think differently a little bit about the Bucks right now. When I read this yesterday, I went, man, that's kind of a distraction this week. Whoa, you got to play the Rams, and you're getting ready for that game, a team that you've lost to in the regular season in the last two years, and now your two of your three best coaches in your organization are going to have their mind on something else this week. And I don't think that's fair to those coaches. It's not fair to the players on the Bucks organization. It's not fair to the rest of the coaches on the Bucks organization that that's the case. And then there's the Rams who, yes, there's Raheem Morris, but they don't have an offensive coordinator in play or anything like that. And I didn't hear, like, is Raheem actually going to do the interview this week? I thought, I thought he put it off. Maybe you can help me there. I don't know whether or not he said yeah. yes or no. All I know is the Vikings requested the opportunity to interview Raheem right. Morris this week. I wouldn't put it off if I was him. I'd get on that train while I can, find two hours sometime this week and do it because I think he's paid his dues and he's in a position where he needs to be considered and maybe become yeah. a head coach again. Yeah. But but I think it's a bigger deal. Now, now look, Raheem Morris runs the defense in L.A. because Sean McVay, I still have the image of him sitting on the Gatorade cooler yeah, working Wade on his, doing the his, his next drive while Wade Phillips was basically running the team. But in Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles, he's going to interview with the Vikings on Friday and the Bears on Saturday. He clearly runs that defense with no, no in, in, interference of any kind by Bruce Arians. And Byron Leftwich, Arians has said it over and over again. Byron Leftwich runs the offense. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady kind of does, but Leftwich – as Arians tells it, does more for the offense than Arians does, and yes. he's going to interview with the Bears this week too. So it does become a distraction for a pretty significant game. You know, I, I would suspect, they'll never admit this, I would suspect that the Buccaneers coaches were rooting like hell for the Cardinals on Monday night, don't you think? Well, just because they thought you, it might to be easier. Uh, yeah. To face them. I, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, there's some problems with the Rams. There's a reason the Rams have beaten the Bucks the last two years. You know, and again, I don't know if that's going to hold true again this weekend, but there's some real issues the Rams football team poses for the Bucks. In fact, I think it's like a very short list of teams that I look at in the NFL to go, these are, this is, a, these are, this is one of the few matchups in the league that's, that's not the best for the Bucs. I think they're the most talented team in football when they're healthy. And even that, without A.B. and Chris Godwin, I still look at them to be one of the most talented teams in football. But this matchup is not the best for them. And yeah, now you got Todd Bowles, who Friday, Saturday is not going to be there. I know the majority of the work's done already by that point, but man, I don't know how many times I, I could say like on a Friday or Saturday, little tweaks to the game plan happen where, you know, I was sitting at home last night and talking to blah, blah, blah coach. And we thought, you know, when we do this, we should really change into this. Like some of the greatest ideas I was a part of as a player became from the coach on Friday and Saturday, who now he got to sleep on everything a little bit. He finally got arrested during the week a little. And now he came up with two or three ideas or tweaks to the game plan that after thinking about it, I want to change it. And that's going to be harder to do now when you're thinking about an interview and leaving town and doing all that crap. We talked about it this week, the idea that there's a handful of great coaches and everybody else, and the great coaches are constantly looking and thinking and probing and using every second that they have to their advantage, every moment that they're awake, when they're laying in bed, when they're taking a shower, anything they're doing, the gears are constantly spinning no, and turning no for ideas, right. any little thing. And I, it, it's, it's funny because... I was having a conversation a few years ago with a head coach on that very point because it reminds me of when I was practicing law 
when you're getting ready for a trial, when you're in trial, it becomes an all-encompassing effort to constantly be thinking, constantly be looking, constantly be searching, and coming up with ideas and anything you can do. And I said, it's great because you 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 have unli- you know you you just you can keep doing it you yeah, can constantly do right. it it's got to drive you crazy but right. and he's like I gotta go you got me freaked out I gotta go I gotta get back to I gotta get back to but you know watching whatever or doing whatever yeah. because you're it's and it's how you use that time but you're using that time this week some of that time regardless of whether or not the hay's in the barn like you're saying you're using some of that time to do something other than be thinking about any edge you can create for your team to win. A tough, difficult, challenging matchup on Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. on NBC. Coverage begins at 2 p.m. on NBC and also on Peacock. We'll begin the process of getting you ready for the divisional round of the postseason when PFT Live continues right after this. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.